You're listening to The Dollop on the All Things Comedy Network. This is an American history podcast where each week I, Dave Anthony, read a story from American history to my worker. Man, ridiculous. Gareth Reynolds, who has no idea what the topic is going to be about. I'm not your worker, asshole. Can you get me... Um, no. Just head to no. the store and get me a no. uh, Danish no. and a coffee, please. And then no. uh, when we get back, we're going to do a little bit of notation. Um, and, uh, nope. and then I guess we'll just get right into the day. You know what I mean? We got a lot of, uh, a lot of work to do, a lot of filing. Um, I want to reorganize all the files. What are you talking about? I don't and work for you. I work with you. I'm not. I bet there aren't even files. There's no way there's room. files. We have a whole. We've done like nine. There's no episodes. way you have we actual have a, paper files. No, this entire podcast is analog. <laughs> We're not. It makes. It would make. It would make sense with a couple of the things that have happened for it too. <laughs> That would actually track. <laughs> All right. That's the intro. Go to the theme. <laughs> Is that how we do it now? We just, because most people just throw to the, they just go to the theme, but now we're just saying. I like, like uh, now, I, 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 again, I'm, I'm kind of trying to shift into that SNL vibe. We're what? We're 700 episodes in. I'm yeah. now trying to kind of do the SNL thing where it's kind of just like, Self-aware, more yeah, like breaking into camera. The wall. Well, yeah. All right, well, let's, why don't we start this project? <laughs> <laughs> or I, I could do something like this, where I go like this. I'll tell you something, Dave. That makes me ready to learn. And called it, quote, his jam pad. Jam pad? I'm the fucking hippo guy. Dave, okay. My name's Gary. <laughs> My name's Gary. Wait. Is it for fun? And this is not going to become a Tiggly podcast. Okay. This is like anarchy. On a five-part coefficient. <laughs> My real now hit him with the puppy. You both present sick arguments. <laughs> no sleep tell hippo. No sleep tell hippo. Action part. Hi, Gary. No. Nicely done, my friend. No. No. Roder. Roder in the court. Gareth, we are brought to you in part by Squarespace. Of course, uh, everybody, uh, everybody in the world knows or should know what Squarespace is. It is uh, all in all in all in one, all inclusive domains, websites, online stores, marketing tools, analytics, the whole ball of wax. And when I say ball of wax, they they also have a but ball of Dave, wax. Dave, shut up, Dave. Do we use it, Gareth? Do we use it? Uh, I have my website with Squarespace. You have yours huh. with Squarespace. Huh? Where you can find all Gareth's tour dates. We have our our website, thedollarpodcast.com. Also Squarespace. You can also find all the tour dates, which we don't have any right now, but there will be some soon. And they're also uh, the sources page. They're all they're all Squarespace. So, We're all so in, in other words, Dave, I guess you're saying that we really like it and we recommend using it? Look, here's what I'll say about Squarespace. If... We get cut, they bleed. That's how involved we are. Hey, um, just talk to Squarespace. They're not huh? loving the new thing. If we get stabbed, they feel the pain. Hey, That's how involved we just are. Just got it's off almost, the phone with Ken Square. He's not loving the new thing. <laughs> okay, well, that's not good. 
So look, the reason we first started using Squarespace, very easy to use uh, for dummies like me, and especially a dummy like Gareth. It's really hard to Hello. you know deal with this tech stuff, yeah. and you get confused. There's no updates. You don't have to. I'm do on a anything. group text that's just me. <laughs> they have 24 seven award winning support. Uh, it's all it's all it's all easy, and they look great. The templates are awesome. They really um, do. If you go to my website, do. you'd be like, <laughs> you would not think I was involved in making it. I'm looking at That's it now. Right. It's really good. It is really good. Uh, so I, 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 yeah, we can't recommend Squarespace enough. So here's what you're gonna do. You're gonna go to squarespace.com/dollop for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, use the offer code dollop to save ten percent off your first purchase of a website or domain. Can't beat that. Now, Gareth, what else can you not beat? Well, obviously, uh, Helix. Ugh. Helix Sleep is its a uh, mattress situation. If you don't know what a mattress is, it's oh. something you lay on and you sleep, and Helix makes the best one. My whole house and is Dave, full of Helix And Dave, you sleep face mattresses. down, right? I sleep face down, but also on my back. Well, we've been sleeping on Helix mattresses for a while. I've had one for years now. Uh, super comfortable, uh, great sleep. My son uh, has also a Helix mattress. He asked, when he wanted a big mattress, he said, I want the same one you have. So we got him a Helix. And when the Helix comes, it comes delivered Sounds to your like house. He's in a box. developing a bit of that attitude that you were worried about. He's weird. About. He's weird. But, uh, but when it comes to your house, it's delivered in a box and you take it out of the box and it comes to life. Easy, comfy. Yeah. Can't beat it. And you get to pick your, you get to pick it. You get to be like, this is the kind I'd like. Here, here's how you do that. The, you go to uh, you go to the website, the Helix Sleep website. You take a quiz. It goes through all the stuff uh, that you that you look for in sleeping. Right, the yeah. firm, firm and, size, night. I think is part of it. I don't remember. I was <laughs> um, and then it matches you up with the right mattress. I got the Dusk Lux. That's what I use. That's what uh, I got. It's delightful. I, I, we've, I think I've had mine for like seven years now. It's a long, been a long time. My sleep mm-hmm. is great. My sleep is great. Relax. Also, you can have the sexies on it. Buddy, I don't... Are they... Um, and and uh, it's also p- number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. So check it out. Helix is offering up to 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows. For our listeners, go to helixsleep.com slash dollop. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long with Helix Better Sleep Starts Now. We're also brought to you in part by Mind Bloom. The best uh, as well. Mind Bloom. It, yeah, it's all very good. Uh, look, a lot of people struggle uh, with, uh, especially these days, with anxiety, uh, depression, um, and it's hard. It, it's a, a, a very hard situation. A lot of people have a, a hard time taking out of it or just you know, finding the right support. Uh, and there's really no quick fix for anxiety or depression. It's not like picking a different therapist or starting an exercise routine. There's a bunch of different ways to go about it. But there is a new tool out there for your mental health, at-home ketamine therapy, and MindBloom is the leader in at-home ketamine therapy, having uh, safely helped thousands of people overcome their anxiety and depression. And unlike traditional talk therapy, ketamine works quick. Uh, it doesn't have the unpleasant side effects of uh, traditional antidepressants, which a lot of people have experienced. And in a study of over 1,200 MindBloom clients, 89% reported improvements in their anxiety and depression after only two sessions. Well, part of the thing uh, was that, that was yes because you've been able to do that a little for a little while, but you had to go somewhere and you had to like it was definitely a bigger uh, event, and then yeah. this makes it as easy as it can be, and yeah, very highly recommended if you know this is 
it's an amazing era when you can actually talk about having home ketamine therapy is amazing. Yeah. Right now, MindBloom is offering our listeners $100 off your first six-session program when you sign up at mindbloom.com slash dollop and use promo code dollop. Take the first step and break free from your anxiety and depression with MindBloom. MindBloom.com slash dollop and use promo code dollop. Mm-hmm. Well, Dave, <laughs> there's a thir- there's another sponsor, and that's me, Gareth Reynolds. You know, I love working with Dave, but I also love to leave him at home. And I go on the road to do huh? stand-up, and I'll be going to do some of that stand-up coming up. February 23rd, 24th, 25th, 26th, I will be on the road opening up for Burt Kreischer. That'll be Cedar Rapids, Iowa, Green Bay, Wisconsin, Minneapolis, Minnesota, and Grand Forks, North Dakota. And there might even be one more date added to that. Then on my own, I will be headlining in March. March 13th, I'll be in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Tuesday, March 14th, I'll be in Indianapolis. March 15th, I'll be in Louisville, Kentucky. March 16th, Columbus, Ohio. March 17th, Dayton, Ohio. March 18th, Perrysburg, Ohio. Two shows that night. March 19th, Cleveland. March 21st, Lexington, Kentucky. March 22nd, Richmond Heights, Missouri. March 23rd, Kansas City, Missouri. March 24th, Des Moines, Iowa. March 25th, Des Moines, Iowa, too. You get two nights. March 26th, Omaha. And then April 12th, I'll be at the Tacoma Comedy Club. And then Thursday, April 13th, I'll be at the Spokane Comedy Club. And then April 14th and April 15th, I will be in Bozeman, Montana at Last Best Comedy. You can go to GarethReynolds.com for ticket information. And tickets are moving. So don't be one of these idiots who's like, hey, I'll get it at the door. That's how you get royally screwed. Back to you in the studio, Dave. Uh, hi, I'm Dave. Bubba boy! God, I hate doing live uh, stuff. Oh, March 6th, night. <laughs> Listen to the pastimes. Go ahead. Action. March 6th, 1900. Ooh. Year of our lordy, he's a bull. Almost 123 years ago. In San Francisco's Chinatown, Wong Chuck King was very sick. He was screaming in agony with fevers and hallucinations. Hmm. So his roommates took him down Did to Did he get the vaccine? The co- <laughs> Don't people think that. His roommates took him down to the coffin shop and laid they him beside him? an empty casket. They took him to go pick? And put him beside an empty Oh, okay. Casket. No, they, they like, laid him beside it. Okay, they weren't like walking him through models. That's what I kind of pictured at first. No, they were getting ready to put him inside of one. Right. But, but they, they just put him to... down beside it. Right, I'm just saying it wasn't like a inside. coffin helix situation. They weren't like, do you, do you want it pillowed? No. Okay. okay. That's a helix. Okay. Wow. Um, so this is a very common practice with the very ill in Chinatown. Uh, and, of course, he died shortly after he was laid beside the casket. Wow. Now, that night, a... City health inspector came to check out Wong. He had um, the health inspector had recently been reprimanded for being lazy because he was just writing up uh, death causes without looking at the person. I don't. I, I, I'm. I'm sorry. I'm one of these people who doesn't think you need to see the body to know. Sorry. Right. Yeah. Can't absolutely you just, not. It's a vibe thing. If there's thing. everything you could wing it on, absolutely. It is a vibe thing. And it's by the way. I don't I and I know this story and most of this guy's was explosion and I do think that that's fine. Yeah. Sounds like an explosion. We had another guy blow up. This guy. This sounds like 
I don't need <laughs> to like see. It's happening a lot. It is. There's a lot of it going around. So I would recommend. Are the, uh, are the, are the people, because this is like the 20th explosion you've had, uh, are, are they damaging the stuff around them? Because I would think no, if the someone stuff blew around up, them is what's getting them, I think. I, well, to be honest, that is a question for the insurer, insurance adjuster. I'm, uh, I'm, like I said, I'm kind of the coroner kind of guy, right? Yep. And uh, so um, well, I'm a health inspector. I'm yeah. the health inspector guy. Yeah, exactly. And so I, um, I basically go around and I just say what happened to them. And, um, you know, I'm actually writing a novel about it at home. Uh, tons. I'm at What's home it writing it a lot of the time. But they, they're exploding. Most of them are exploding. Boy, I hate to What's see it. What's the book too. called? Uh, how to work from home and make people think you're working. It's a what? It's, it's a gui- it's a guidebook on how to be able to I, work from home. No. A bunch. So uh, wait a minute. So yeah, these guys are just they're they're popping like pimples out there. I'll tell you that much. You hate to see. I, it. I'm gonna have to actually fire you. Huh? No, absolutely. No, yeah, you can't. You're supposed to. You're supposed to go and check out I the am. bodies and see what they I died am. of. I am. I am. No, but you just said you're writing a book called How to Work from Home. Yeah. And convince people that, yeah, 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 exactly. The titles work. I don't, I haven't landed on the title, but basically it's a book on how to convince people you're going to do your job when you're actually at home. It's a guidebook. Okay. Um, like, so, I get that. But yeah. again, I'm your boss. I understand. You, I'm probably the last person you should have told the title I'm to. I'm doing the job that you asked of me. These, no, you, these people are exploding. What do you want from me? I, you're writing a book yes. about how you don't have to do your job and by lying no, 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 to your no, no, boss. No, 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 no. First of all, I'm doing my job. Second of all, the book is basically a guide book. It's a guidebook on how to convince the people above you that you're going out and doing your job while you're at home working. So That's I don't know. me. No, I'm, I'm telling you. What are you? Jesus Christ. Will you like? Oh. That's how you get people to blow up. Oh. I'm going to say cancer. <laughs> so, so the health inspector goes and he actually inspects uh, Wong and he sees big enlarged lymph node in uh, Wong's groin and oh, it's wow. swollen and it's black and filled with blood. Jesus black blood. Christ. I mean, if you're, if you're, <laughs> that's horrible. If you're like inspecting and you're like, I don't know, everything, go boy, that's Holy shit, l- look at the blue balls on this guy. He's got uh, a big black punching bag down there. Well, that is called a boobo, and that is the symptom that gives bubonic plague its oh, name. Oh, shit. I oh, want to know the guy who first named the bubo. Those are cute. I called them boobo. <laughs> <laughs> What is your problem? I like that they're cute, and I will call them boobos. <laughs> Look, if you poke them, boobo. Well, it's also like so close to boo-boo, so it's just like a kid. He's like, yeah. he's got a boo-boo. That's right. We've got the boobonic plague. It's a boo-boo. He's got a boo-boo down there. Um, so the inspector calls his supervisor, William Kellogg, who is the city's resident bacteriologist. Sure. And he's like, well, that, that looks like the plague. But he doesn't want to... Proclaim it because if oh, he's no. wrong, he gets fired. Because that's a big deal to say we got plague in town. Oh, no. So he doesn't want to say it, right? So he takes uh, Just samples. Say he got waxed sends... in the nuts by a golf ball. <laughs> <laughs> so he takes samples and sends them to uh, a lab on Angel Island. Interesting. Angel name Island, for an Island is where it's where the uh, 
immigrants would have to come through when they came to San Francisco. They would have okay. to go through Angel Island. Okay. Um, so Joseph Kenyon was uh, 39. He was called arrogant and imperious. What's his deal? And, what is he doing? But he is the guy where the lab samples are going. Okay. So he is, um, he's, he's said to be the most brilliant doctor in the United States. But he's got an attitude about it. Well, wouldn't you? If yeah. you had to deal with all the dummies. Yeah, I would. Uh, he had studied with Louis Pasteur in Perry, and uh, he was in the Marine Hospital Service. So the Marine Hospital Service is like a paramilitary organization, like doctors protecting the U.S. from diseases. Mm. And um, they operated the quarantine stations. They dressed in military uniforms. So Kenyon worked at a state-of-the-art lab in D.C., and he would hobnob with leaders at night like he was uh, hot shit in D.C. Loves his career. Uh, his boss is the Surgeon General. Okay. We um, like the Surgeon General is... Well, the, yeah, okay. the Surgeon General is Walter Wyman, uh, who's jealous of everybody under him who does better or gets praise. Okay, good. So, I was, you do want someone with an ego in, the, in positions like that. Yeah, sure. oh, you got to have that. I'm going to make um, the bubonic would, plague about me. <laughs> he would, anybody who started getting praise who worked under him, he would send them off to a place they didn't want to work. All right, to Antarctica. Well, uh, the president likes your work, so go fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so when a medical journal calls uh, uh, Joseph Kenyon the true Surgeon General and send Wyman isn't up to the job, Wyman sends him to San Francisco to work at the quarantine station on Angel Island. Okay. Shit job. Sure. Um, he's devastated. So gets on a train with his three kids, his pregnant wife, they head across the country. Uh, Angel Island is terrible. Angel Island is, is terrible. Uh, Garbage-covered island, uh, decrepit quarantine station, not enough water. Who named not it? Not enough medication, not oh, enough I guess electricity. You're going to die if you go there. They're like, you'll be an angel soon. <laughs> um, he inspected all people coming by sea, and, and then quarantines the sick. Okay. Um, it's, it's just tedious. It's dangerous. It's nothing like yeah. working in D.C. at the best lab with, and then hobnobbing with senators. Well, I mean, Dave, but he decided <laughs> to do his job well. So sorry, Jack. Ah, uh, mm, ah. Uh. Uh, and that, now the plague is also in Hawaii at this time, and San Francisco's the main port to Hawaii. Okay. Um, so he gets the samples from Wong, is right? Bu- bubonic, is the bubonic plague airborne? Uh, we'll get to that. Okay. Um, so the Board of Health holds an emergency nighttime meeting and decides to quarantine Chinatown. Before they do that, they escort all the white people out. <laughs> you gotta. You gotta <laughs> yeah, it's a quarantine. You gotta love it, Dave. You really. You, you, I, I, it's I, a, I, here's here's my deal with the <laughs> racism in this country. I'm now I'm now gonna just lean in. I'm um I'm embracing it. I'm proud. Yeah. I'm proud of the overt racism. Imagine how how fucked up you got to be to get away with it. I mean, hats off. Hats off. <laughs> We've done it for so long, so well. It's amazing. It's just time to celebrate. I mean, it's like I mean, a cat burglar that you can't catch at this point. You're like, that, the guy just gets art out of museums. I don't know what to tell you, gang. 
So they they escort all the whites out. Then they string ro- a rope around like any city street. So I bet um, you there keeping the residents we're, in. It's, we're calling Chinatown the VIP area now. So don't cross the <laughs> rope. You guys are getting bottle service. Okay. <laughs> Now, if there was a white-owned shop that was, like, adjacent or up to it, they would zigzag the rope around oh the shop. Oh, my God. They're gerrymandering, they're gerrymandering <laughs> the Chinatown quarantine zone? And then uh, we're just going to do what we call a white angle here. This is a white <laughs> angle, and here's another white angle. Okay? Excuse me. <laughs> and then uh, doctors go in, and they try to figure out who Wong has contacted. Okay. Um. They fumigate his entire apartment building. The city is just uh, grinds to a halt. Uh, ports hold ships, and then also Chinese workers can't go out into the city and work right. their jobs. So it's like the movie Day Without a Mexican, right? I mean, you're talking about all of the workers are now not available, right? Okay, essentially. Okay, so the city's just completely screwed. Um, but white people are not concerned about the plague. Because uh, they don't think it affects them, right? Just the dirty immigrant people. Sure. Businesses don't want word of the plague in San Francisco getting out to the rest of the country, because the rest of the country would just stop buying goods from San Francisco. Like sure. it'd be like a boycott immediately, sure. and that won't happen eventually. Tourism. Anyway, this is. <clears throat> I mean, yeah. the the like meth headed decision making of like I just need that next hit. Like, you're never like, hey, it's probably going to make it a lot worse in the long run. It's like, I'm just trying to get high today, buddy. Um, tourism would die. Obviously, no one's going to go to Plague City. Sure. So local papers say the Board of Health has created this scare to get funding. So they're like, the Board of, the, board of Health is faking it. They're just trying to get cash sure. up, up their budget. Yeah. One... Called one paper called Quarantine Chinatown, quote, criminal idiocy. Yep. There you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as, as per <laughs> usual. Right and on they time. said the mayor was just the mayor was just making an authoritarian power grab. The the I, What uh, else could uh, it be? But, but what in what way? Like what I, I guess what I guess you're just it's the idea that you can just flex power whenever, essentially, right? Yeah. Because as far as yeah. like uh a, an economic decision, it's a horrendous one. <laughs> yeah. So no, like, no, it's a... T- he's yeah, just yeah, showing economics. off how bad he can do it. <laughs> uh, they printed cartoons of Kenyon looking like an idiot, injecting plague into his own head. Some even said the plague... I, I want to see a cartoon of a man <laughs> just with a syringe into his own brain with plague on it, like... <laughs> What? <laughs> uh, some some papers. Hey, honey, I'm gonna said, go put plague in my brain. <laughs> I think that might be happening somewhere. <laughs> some papers even said that the bubonic plague was not a big deal. Right? Sure. It's just a boo. You can imagine. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a boo boo. So, uh, so Kenyon get, gets the samples. He injects. Two samples into two guinea pigs, uh, one or two rat and one or two monkey. I, you know, and, I, I understand we got to do it that way, but I, I do, I feel, I always feel really bad for the way that we I, do this. I, I, like, I'm, I'm like, okay, I get, like, rats and guinea pigs. I can't, a monkey's too smart to, 
Right. That look, I shouldn't we I wish it wouldn't happen to any animal, but a rat. Why like, couldn't we just do it to like assholes? Couldn't we just like if we could couldn't we start kind of sensing like doing a census on like really despicable pieces of shit? And couldn't we start well, now like, this is where you but this is where you get to them doing experiments on prisoners. So let's not talk about that. No, no, no. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a this is a uh this is a, uh, and I understand it's a slippery slope, so I, I will back off. <laughs> it's a very slippery I, slope. I will back off. But I'm suggesting that, like, we all, like, if everyone's like, Dan's such an asshole, like, the, you know, there's a, and again, yeah. it's, it's not going to work out. This is. Yeah, yeah it's not going to go. stop talking, <laughs> but I'll continue. And you should, you should basically, you'd just be like, Dan's an asshole. And then he'd be like, I get to go on a vacation to Angel Island. Hey, fuck this. And then they're like, and he's like, oh, man. And then yeah. you get, and then. You give people guinea pigs. All right, action, Dave. Go. Um, so he's also going to try to uh, grow a culture with the bacteria. But <clears throat> with that stuff said, it takes five days for the animals to show that Ooh, they're sick or the culture. Not so great. it's f- five days of waiting. Not great. And the people with the plague usually die uh, of organ failure in five days. So. Wow. Five days is too long yeah. for San Francisco leaders. They're like, we can't shut the city down for five not. days. Yeah, what are you going to do? Hey, look, if there is a plague, we'll figure it out when we got it everywhere. So uh, after two days, Kellogg meets with the board, and they ask him how the animals look, and he's like, the animals actually seem fine. Kellogg is the so Surgeon General? Not- Kellogg is the health inspector's uh, boss. Okay, okay, got you right, okay. But he's like the city's right. main bacteriologist. Okay, and he said, and what he's about- like, well, they look. He's like, he's like, the animals look fine after two days, so it's probably not the plague. Now that's completely wrong. Is that wrong because it's only half of the amount of time that he should wait <laughs> to find out what the fuck is actually going on? Yeah, it's less than half of the <laughs> yeah, right. uh, like. So he's basically saying, well, the study's not done, but it looks great. Halfway through, when nothing should, should be happening, everything looks fine. <laughs> So the board immediately lifts the quarantine. Now, Chinese workers return to their jobs all across the city. And some are complaining about their treatment. Okay. How they were quarantined. I really... And the the mayor responds that they were, quote, a constant, a constant menace to the public health, dirty, and lived in filthy hovels. It's just unbelievable that, like, I, <laughs> I mean, you know, what the, you know what the difference is? They say it out loud. That's the difference. Yeah. It's, it's that, that it's actually it. like, he, he's like, I, I'll throw down. Now, the mayor said this, and he, at the time, owns two tenements in Chinatown. Wow. So, Kenyon, uh, is now being mocked by most of the city. So he is a brilliant scientist, and he is, if you can imagine, a brilliant brilliant scientist being mocked by Americans. <laughs> and papers are now in, uh, uh, jo- one paper is joking that he should inject a parrot as it would, quote, have been able to tell how it felt to have the germs of a dead Chinese injected into his veins. So they, they number one, they don't know how parrots work. Right, for sure. Yeah. And number two, it's parrots. horribly racist. I, well, it's also, I mean, you know that parrots aren't fluent in English, right? <laughs> no, they don't. Yeah, but they're always talking. Yeah, it's parrot. You ever heard parroting? Anyway, yeah. And also, yes, extremely racist, for sure. Uh, Kenyon just didn't respond. He's just like, mm, well, how could he? Because you're putting the vaccine in his head. 
or the disease but it is. If in. you're if you're really smart, yeah, in America especially, yeah. if you're really smart, these people are so dumb you cannot believe what's happening. Like you just, I also your mind think, is breaking. And I also think it's the volume of stupid that makes you be like, yes. I'm just gonna like. Back out yes. of the room. I'm going to Homer Simpson into the bush. That'll be my move. Totally. Homer Simpson into the bush. Um, so the day after the quarantine is lifted, Kenyon uh, goes into his lab and finds all the animals dead on the floor. <laughs> so the plague is in San Francisco. Yeah. So he's like, hey, uh, here's why we should uh, wait uh, five days before making decisions. So he goes to the board of health, and they're like, what were you feeding no. the guinea pigs? <laughs> they now don't want to face another wave of public attacks and people yelling at them, so they're not going to bring the quarantine back. Oh my god! <laughs> it is. It is like I swear to God, it is meth heads getting meth. It's just <laughs> we're worried about the next hour, not the next month. <laughs> Papers now say that Kenyon killed the animals to get funding. <laughs> oh my God. So the people, this is the great thing. The people who want to just make money and don't care about human life are now just projecting that on somebody else yeah, right. who's not doing that. Right. And, then, and who doesn't really say anything in retaliation because he's just like, I'm scared. Yeah. So he wrote, uh, Keenan wrote to a friend about the lack of action, quote, the infection of innocent persons, in my mind, is nothing more or less deliberate or premeditated than manslaughter. I mean, it's worse, really. A paper headline, quote, the bubonic scare has collapsed. Wow. Came out and was published on the same day that a 22-year-old Chinese worker was found dead in the street. And then a 35-year-old Chinese cook. And then a 47-year-old Chinese resident. <sighs> Sanitation officials with doctors and armed police uh, start going all over Chinatown trying to find the source. They started breaking down doors and, of course, stealing valuables <sighs> and were rumored to be sexually assaulting women. Oh, my God. The Chinese... <laughs> In Chinatown, start calling them the wolf doctors because oh they're like predators. It's just, it's like, it's almost like if the architecture was calling for everything to be done the worst way possible always. Yeah, always. Kenyon himself does not like immigrants. He called one patient a low, dirty Chinese. <sighs> I like that. I like that. Like, there's one thing they agree on. It's like we will be racist. We'd agree on that. <laughs> the, the science, you're way off on. But as far as the humans, yes. In letters to friends, he called San Francisco Jewtown. Jesus Christ! This guy's letters. Uh, no, no heroes. No, no, no heroes. I'll tell you who's the hero: the guinea pigs. The only guys, and they're dead. They're gone. Um, so San Francisco Chinese are afraid, not just because of the racism, but yeah. in Honolulu's Chinatown, when the plague broke out there, they were quarantined and then they burnt it to the ground. Wow. Wait. And as it sorry. was burning, armed white people stood around the 
borders, and as residents flee, they oh, beat them and push them back. Oh so that's what they're worried about. So San Francisco's conservative. <laughs> uh, so, the, so the Chinese families, so the Chinese families, when people started getting sick, they would hide them. Right, of course, yeah. Yeah, because because now imagine that that's the story. They could burn it to the ground and then you know kill you. They also uh, are sexually assaulting people. They're stealing yeah. your stuff. Yeah, like, there's, there's no, yeah. why. Of course you would hide them. Well, yeah, of course you would hide they, them. Yeah, there's no incentive to be like, hey, um, we have some ideas that might help. You're like, nope, nothing here. Quiet down there. Die quietly under the floorboards. At one point, doctors entered a home and there were uh, men playing cards, and the doctors looked around and left. And then hours later, a neighbor called and said, there's a body in that house. And it turns out one of the card players had been dead, and they propped him up. Uh, and then were like talking to him while the doctors were there, oh my God. acting as if he was alive. They did a weekend at Bernie's. Oh, my God. <laughs> they straight up weekend at Bernie's, dude. This guy's got a hell of a poker face. All right, guys, enjoy the game. <laughs> <laughs> He's got two paired. He's not even letting on. Do you mind if we sit in for one hand? Uh, we actually love Hold'em. Is that possible? <laughs> what do you say, friend? Who should deal? We don't have a, any room at the table. Well, I don't know. This guy's, ask this guy to scooch over a little bit. There you go. Whoa, he's had one too many, huh? Your buddy can barely keep his he head up. He has been drinking all night long. Wowie, all wowie. All night, all day, night. All day, night long. He's, he's doing pretty drinking. well in the stacks, though. Hey, what's your secret, guy? Hey, don't tell me. He's not. Keep it to yourself. He doesn't, he doesn't speak English. What's the game? Rummy? What are we playing? Well, will someone answer my question? <laughs> We're all dead. <laughs> I'll tell you what. This is quite a crew of silent poker players. I got to respect it. Let's get out of here. Nothing abnormal here. <laughs> So people were hiding um, uh, bodies in basements now, and they would put a body out in an alley until uh, it rotted enough that death couldn't be get determined. Oh, my God. What? So, so now there's no plague deaths reported, and Chinatown was declared plague-free in early April 1900. Oh, my God. But on April 24th, another body is found in the streets. <laughs> Then a 16-year-old girl dies. Seven plague deaths in a week. So Kenyon calls the Surgeon General and says, we need this experimental vaccine that's out there to stop the spread. And it'll, it'll cut the spread by 50%. If you can imagine a time in which there was a vaccine that cut the spread by a middling percentage, there were serious side effects from this uh, vaccine, high fever and vomiting were a couple. I'm um, sorry, I'm not going to take it. I don't want to get sick. <laughs> so Wyman sends the vaccines out. Now, the people who had been terrorizing Chinatown were now the people who were supposed to go and talk the Chinese into in taking the vaccine. So the wolf doctors oh. are now... Hey, everybody, can we have the, a serious conversation? Sorry that I uh, sexually assaulted <laughs> most of the women in the group. But um, listen, uh, as a man who knows you very well from taking so many of your possessions mm -hmm. and reading your diaries, uh, yeah, I, I think you're back? inclined to, to take this. Now, you can trust me. I, I'm the guy who kicked your door down, slapped your son, and then ate your dinner off of your plate. Okay? 
Any questions? Yeah, anyone, so, does anyone have any yeah. reservations about, about what I'm trying to get across here? Mm-hmm. Yes, a bunch we, of hands are up, and I think I, I think I can speak for the whole group. Yes, but you we right all there. Want you yes, we want you to die. We want you to be set on fire and and uh, now die. now 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 I want you to listen. I'm here to help you. Okay, I have a long track record. Okay, mm-hmm. of throwing your vases into your windows and uh, pushing your baked goods down on the ground. Uh, right. I actually remember kissing you, sir, and I remember I kissed your wife too in front of you. Um, so I just want you guys to know you can trust me. And if some of these clothes look familiar, it's because they're all yours. Everything I'm wearing today was no, taken from one of your houses. I, I know. I can see my These glasses see are my not my prescription, you. which I'm a bit irritated about. But um, all right. So let's get those sleeves up. And uh, I'm your buddy. No. I'm your pal. Okay. And let's, <laughs> let's do this because I'm your friend. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Pretty much that. Uh, Obviously, it's not going well. Uh, a lot of the Chinese uh, immediately think it's poison that they're trying. Because why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they think they're trying to kill them? Of course. So one Chinese editor takes the vaccine, and an angry mob surrounds his house, and he is forced to say the vaccine was a, quote, modern kind of torture. Push it out of your vein. Push it out of your vein like a pimple. Okay, so, so, so now people out. are like, oh, okay, well, that guy said it's torture. <laughs> So people are so freaked out to take the vaccine that there was a little girl who was in line to get the vaccine, and she's so panicked, she jumped out of a second-floor window. Oh, my God. It's like after-school special shit. <laughs> so Kenyon goes to meet with Chinatown leaders, but when he goes there, a mob surrounds the building and starts throwing rocks at the building, and he barely escapes with his like guards. Cool. Also, whites are not going to get vaccinated because they due to plague germs being the vaccine. <laughs> and also they don't think they can get the plague because right. they're white. Jesus Christ. Uh, always gold meddling. The whites. Oh, <clears throat> a white reporter, I think his name was Jimmy Dore, took the vaccine and wrote an article about the awful side effects. He said he temporarily lost the use of one arm and there was shooting pains in his neck and a high fever. Okay, right. So vaccine rollout is terrible. It's going well. Uh, the city is also doing nothing to stop the plague or educate. Uh, Kenyon wrote to, a, to the Surgeon General, quote, people here absolutely in the dark on account of local papers refusing publishing any matter pertaining to epidemic. So... Because papers are mostly owned by economic interests or aligned with economic interests, they're just ignoring the right. scary negative, you know, things coming from the plague. Uh, the fact that, and they also can because it hasn't yeah. gotten out of Chinatown, and they don't care about the Chinese. I mean, we've just so we've always just been the dog meme with the house on fire saying this is fine. Always. We just we just yeah, needed to so. wait for someone to put it on Twitter to be like, oh yeah, that's that's the history. <laughs> <laughs> There's the textbook. Surgeon General orders inspections of ships and trains leaving California, and the Marine Hospital Service detains all Chinese and Japanese. So Kenyon is now ordering every Chinese and Japanese to be detained, and we know that the he's president. Racist. Of- Yes, well, they're all racist. Right. Um, the president approves it. Roosevelt approves it. For sure. <laughs> well, uh, I mean... I think it's Roosevelt. 
Yeah. Uh, uh, but anyway, um, a Chinese merchant sues uh, the Board of Health and Kenyon for restraining his movement during the quarantine. Okay. Now remember, it was, it was fucking two days. Yeah, right. Well, it, it, just the baby town of it all. So anyway, the judge hits Kenyon and his health inspectors with a restraining order. He can't go near, quote, the Chinese residents of San Francisco. Okay. Which, so now the courts have stepped in right. I've been like, to stop the, the, healthy, <laughs> the health people from helping the people. Why, why don't they put a restraining order on the bubonic plague? Listen here, bubonic <laughs> plague. You're not allowed within 50 feet of a person. All right? But the Board of Health is not given a restraining order. So Kenyon begs them to quarantine Chinatown, saying the outbreak is going to spread across the country if we don't stop it. And then San Francisco um, will be blamed. If it's going to spread across the country, why hasn't it yet? <laughs> <laughs> well... They do listen to this, because this would mean, again, now this is money again, right? He's like, if it spreads across, San Francisco's not going to be forgiven. Which is, a, which so the ag- board, it's, it's different. <laughs> so the board's like, okay, and they, they're going to quarantine Chinatown again. They put up an eight-foot fence topped with barbed wire around the entire Chinatown district. Jesus Christ. 10,000 people are trapped inside. Oh, my God. And now they're thinking their homes are going to be burned down. Oh, right. Yeah, right. Of course. Um, they're filing injunctions. They're saying they will not cooperate with doctors. They destroyed the coffin maker's shop because they didn't want coffins being wheeled down the street where, where people could see it. It's just always fun to watch the ripple of like, hey, how do you want yeah, to lose the- your mind? <laughs> okay. And, and how will we lose our minds? Okay, great. All right. And from the top... <laughs> It, yeah, the the it's a, it's the classic thing of like so. There's no government helping you, so you it's, you tee off on each other. Hysteria right? is uh, bound to ensue, and then and then the government's like, well, what did you want us to do? We aspired to do better. How am I going to help with the coffin situation? I'm sorry. I'm what do you government? think? What do you think we have power? <laughs> so, Kenyon now wanted. All Asians rounded up and quarantined for not reporting illness and death. So they're wow. they're like they're clearly hiding bodies and hiding sick people. So he wants every right, not just Chinese, yeah, every Asian. Ugh. Uh, men from the Chamber of Commerce offered him several quote large and handsome presents. Hey, uh, how big a ribbon do you want? They what? <laughs> they come with gifts. L- okay, when you say gifts, what are we talking? I don't know what they were, uh, but they're like, you can get these awesome gifts if you declare San Francisco plague-free. Hey, uh, why don't you open the box and see what's inside it? But San Francisco's (laughs) fine, right? There's just a smaller box in here. Why don't you open that one? Guys, I really don't have... Come on. It's a smaller box. Try again. Are you just trying to run the clock out? Hey, why don't you get inside the box? All right. This is, no. <laughs> so uh, the doctors, so, so he, he, the Chamber of Commerce coming to this, it's basically a bribe they're offering, right? Yeah. And then he's like, oh, because his suspicions were that this was happening with doctors all over the city. That they were getting and bribed. And this confirmed it. Right. Yeah, they're getting bribed by the business guys. Right. And this totally confirms it. He's like, oh my God, they're all getting bribed. This is a, and so 
And so he wrote to a friend, quote, How? It appears. It's, it's not like it was going well for a day. It's like immediately ever. everything immediately. is just like, you can't put two Jenga blocks on top of each other. It's like, whoopsies, over. <laughs> he writes to a friend, quote, it appears that the commercial interests of San Francisco are more dear to the inhabitants than the preservation of human life. These people seem perfectly indifferent whether or not bubonic plague exists in San Francisco so long as they can sell their products and make large percentages on their investments. Right, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we know. It's always business interest over Yeah, life. I mean, the country... Um, it, just becomes more, it just becomes more transparent in a plague, but it's you know always... Those, they way. always say, like, drunk goggles. It's like, we have capitalist goggles on all the time, and it is yeah. just simply blinds you to everything, and you're like, ooh, a little money would be nice. <laughs> like, but what about, like, morals and principles and the greater good? Hey, you know what would be nice? Some of that money. Hey, you know what? I got an idea. What if we saw the plague? Hey, that's pretty good. Why don't we bottle it, sell it? Yeah, whatever we got. Boo Yeah, yeah, yeah. We make yeah, it's a boo dollar bill. Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> well, yeah, it's awesome. Hey, you know what'd be nice? Making a little bit of money. What's that? You know what'd be good? Oh hey, yeah. Hey, hey, you know what I'm inclined to love besides a greater connection, besides thinking that we're all part of one intertwined society where the ripple effect of what I do impacts you and love is actually what we should generate and empathy is where the goodness comes from. You know what be better than that? A little bit of money. Oh, I love money. A little bit of money be pretty nice, huh? A little yeah. bit of money. Yeah. I love a little yeah. bit of money. Hey, you know, I love, I love my family. I love my wife, but you know what I love? would be nice? Maybe a pool with a little bit of money. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I love money. If I get, if I get a little, what I would try to do is pad my nest with a little bit of money. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's so depressing. So uh, the Surgeon General now sends out a new doctor, Doctor George Schrady, and he's a prominent doctor. Um, I think he got famous. He he got famous by he was at the bedside of I think Ulysses Grant when, when Grant died. Um, <laughs> Kenyon doesn't respect him. You know when Ulysses passed away, and everyone's like, "Oh, this is good." Well, if you could imagine uh, the type of doctor that always wants to be in public and speaking, yeah, this is the type of doctor that right, we have. Right. So he's famous for lecturing instead of doing hands-on work, right? And Kenyon does not think. Shrady could even recognize the plague if he saw it in a microscope. Right. Uh, why don't you so, use your open eye, Shrady? Mm, <laughs> what? How does this thing work? I put it on my nose? Now I am seeing it a bit better. There is something oh. now. Looks like a fingernail. Yeah, move your thumb from under it. No! <laughs> oh, no! Whoa! Look at how big... Honey, Martha, take a look at how big it looks under that. How do they do it? So, Shrady gets to San Francisco and immediately sets up a mini newsroom with typists to take down his thoughts and ideas and then send them out to the papers. He's, he's the PR. He's going to come out and fix everything Okay, with PR. so he's actor-doctor. Yes. Right. Uh, Kenyon... Tell Shrady, he's like, you're very confused about what's happening here. Because Shrady has done no investigation. Right. And, uh, and he's like, you can't get anything published about the plague in the city. No one will write about it. 
And Shreddy's like, my words, my stuff is going to be welcomed by the public. People are going to want to hear what I say. Because Shreddy is all about boosting the image of Shreddy. Okay, gotcha. If you can imagine a doctor being like that. Right. And his first article that he puts out is a detailed walkthrough of Chinatown. Uh, in it, he calls the Chinese stupid, filthy, and said he saw, quote, a smothering firing of vengeance in the expression of almost every Chinaman you would meet. I just imagine. So he's saying for some strange reason the Chinese are angry. If you can imagine if they had any, I can't believe that they would be mad, but they are. Right. Somehow. So Trady then tells Kunyun that he is going to Advocate the dynamiting of Chinatown. Oh my! So God. the thing, the uh, thing. I'm going to write a little prescription Ch- here. <laughs> a ton of dynamite. Thank you. Get that filled, would you, darling? <laughs> the thing that the Chinese are worried about is exactly what this guy is now. Hawaii's like, about. hey, do you want to think about it for a minute? <laughs> no, we got a pretty good idea. <sighs> so. Imagine walking uh, in there like, so you haven't really walked around the city. Are you sure you have a feeling for what you should do? Yeah, oh yeah. I don't really need to. I've got a whole newsroom set up. I'm pretty sure we're just going to dynamite it. Okay, thanks for stopping by. So, Shrady, uh, Kenyon's just like, this guy doesn't understand what's happening here. So he brings him cell samples from dead people, uh, a microscope, and case histories of the dead, and then explains to Shrady how the plague attacks and destroys the body and then invites him to come to an autopsy. You mean with like a body body? (laughs) No, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so Shrady sees all this and and understands it now. And the next day, he publishes an article saying the plague is in San Francisco. So finally, a paper has printed the truth. And Kenyon then orders border quarantines. The border order. The border order. That night, Shreddy is invited as the guest of honor at a fancy banquet for all the city elites. And he ends up having a private chat with the California governor, Henry Gage. Now, Gage had been a a sheep dealer, and then he became a lawyer, and now he's a politician. Hey, you looking to get some sheep? <laughs> what are you looking for? Pure. Uh, he's just looking. This is pure sheep. Yeah. Okay. I I just need to know that they're 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 the real deal. Isn't like I, last time I tried to buy some sheep, I got some goats. So I just want to know: Am I getting well, sheep here, or what am I getting? That had fen- These are pure sheep. Here. Yeah, I won't. Look, look. How, how am I going to know they're pure? What? Why don't you have a shorn? Would you like to shear it a little bit? Get a feel for it? Yeah, I would like to get a, I would yeah. like to get a little bit. The first shear's free. <laughs> look at that. Oh, oh, shit. Yeah. This is the real deal, the huh? real deal. You might want to sit I down. I can't wait to get inside of this thing. I want to <laughs> Man, tear this really, thing apart. I don't need to know the, the plan. No, I'm what? talking about the guts. I'm not going to... What are you talking about? The guts. I'm talking about opening it up and eating it and taking parts out. Yeah, that's what, what are I, you talking about? I the guts for sure. All right, so let's get them on the scale. Who are you selling these sheep to? If you're Welsh, 
<laughs> an entire an entire country shuts off our podcast. <laughs> it's tiny, um, but it's not a country anyway. They were conquered. Um, that that help? You shrug. You shrug. <laughs> I don't I, look. Look. Listen. Listen. If we got look, if we have Welsh listeners, we're sorry. Okay, uh, yeah, I'll say this: we should araf what we're doing. That's how you say stop in Welsh. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, so he, he he's at this uh, banquet. He meets with um, the ex sheep dealer governor. Um, governor's like, you know, cowboy boot and wear and giant mustache, yeah, uh, yeah. carries a Bowie knife right. uh, guy. Um, he, he's deep in the pocket of railroads, which are at this point the most evil, you know, corporation. Wow. He, uh, Crazy. he is also, he is also Kenyon's fiercest critic. And he had made the plague, plague a political issue because people didn't think he was a good governor and that he wasn't up to the job. So now he's showing his medal, right? By taking on the government and the plague. I'm going to put a boot up the bubonic plague's ass. <laughs> How about that? Also, the plague would mean a total economic disaster for, for the sure. State. But so, again, it's it, it's like not how do I get enough meth for the week? It's I need one more hit. Yeah. So Gage convinced Shrady that Kenyon had showed him plague victims from India or Japan. I don't believe in the plague. How about that? <laughs> Shrady, he's like, did you take the samples yourself from the bodies? And he's like, you're going to ruin the economy over something that's probably a Don't lie? Don't you realize this man's punking you? He, it's a fake this plague. A it's a prank. He's got, he, I'll tell you, he's been plague pranking everybody. <laughs> why would he do that though? I don't really because he hates why. he he hates a good economy. He hates me. A lot of people hates, are, a lot of people are coming at me. Well, it's about you. It's personal, absolutely. You see, they don't like a successful governor like me on account of I'm more seem... focused on my mustache than my policy. Hmm? Yeah, I think we all are though. It's really gross. <laughs> Josh Christ! Oh, jeez! I don't. I haven't felt good in a while. Starting to sweat up over a little bit. <laughs> anyway, it's all a bunch of BS. <clears throat> if you excuse me, I'm going to lay down. My genitals are swelling. Oh, Christ. <laughs> so the next day, Shrady walks back everything that he had written the day before. He got, he got take. Look, it's a guy who's all into fame. It's all about him. He got taken in by. Then, you know, if that, if that person, if that doctor, if that expert, who just wants to be popular and famous as opposed to actually advocating for public health, if that person is then uh, taken in by the leaders, uh, you know, the elites, they will immediately switch to that position because that's what they want. Always, always easier to go. Like once the people in power, like we like what you're saying, you go, you go all the way in whatever they want that you'll say what they want. That's that, that's that personality. So, um, he writes, quote, the rumor that plague threatens San Francisco is ridiculous and unfounded. This is the day after he wrote that the plague is in San Francisco. <laughs> he says Kenyon lied to him, and Andy lied to the city, and he's against quarantining Chinatown. And he said even if it's there, it's not going to spread. Because he's basically saying it's just going to affect Chinatown, so you don't have to worry about it. And 
He said Kenyon should be reassigned to somewhere else in the country. He's like, they put me on a trash island. Well, we were trying to find somewhere <laughs> shittier for you. We're thinking you could work on the base of the ocean. <laughs> so um, the day it's published, another plague victim dies in Chinatown. So Gage calls an emergency meeting of the state board of health and screams at them for believing Kenyon. And he said the state is not going to spend another cent on quarantine and the board cannot share any plague information with other states. <laughs> so now we're in the information denial phase yeah, right, of plague yeah, right. stuff, yeah. pandemic stuff. So he then sends a letter to the U.S. Secretary of State complaining of the, quote, plague fake. Wow. The deep plague. Interesting. The deep plague. Wow. Then courts. It's a false plague. Rule. Okay. So now courts rule that the Chinatown quarantine is constitu- unconstitutional. <laughs> because the way American courts function, it is always to help the businesses. It, it's so they're just, always going to rule it, it, in that way. I just do love, like, I, I, I love America. I know you don't, Dave. I love America. I love America. I love Americans. I love our, I love that our our ego knows no bounds. We're like, we will take reality and shove it up reality's ass. And it's like, wait, what? <laughs> you think you can come here and kill us with your disease? Well, how about this disease? We don't believe in Santa Claus. <laughs> like... It's a, it's remar- it's just like a court being like, we're gonna put the plague in jail. How's that, everybody? And everyone's like, fuck it, yeah, fuck it, fucking stupid thing, fuck you, fuck you, plague, fuck you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, the fence comes down. The fence around Chinatown comes down. Uh, Kenyon is just totally beside himself. He can't believe what's happening. <laughs> He orders every steamship and railroad to only sell tickets to people who had a good health certificate signed by the Marine Hospital Service officer. How long until he is actually injecting the plague into his own head? (laughs) (laughs) Just to be like, okay, I'm good. Yeah, I give up. (laughs) It's like, get fine. Everyone has to get a certificate to... uh, to get on a steamship or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he he's inspecting passengers and denying unvaccinated Chinese, but never white passengers. Man, that's just everyone. Every everyone, either people are this blind is, or they got the blind spot. This is the supposedly the smartest yeah. doctor in the country, but racism trumps all. Yeah. It just does. It's just the beauty of this country. We are just able to, like, it's a given. <laughs> it's just yeah. a given. Yeah. Hey there, people listening to The Dollop. Uh, this is Gareth. Yes, this same guy. I Listen, I have a new podcast called We're Here to Help that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, 
fun. Half Hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help. Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army, to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, and September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th, Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it after it. Let's see you there. Um, so... Politicians are angry and that he's doing this, and they complain to the president. Um, they're like $40 million of state produce might rot because this guy is stopping everything. One told McKinley he'd lose the state in the next election if he lets this Kenyan guy keep doing this stuff. A U.S. attorney, Coombs, threatened Kenyon with jail if he doesn't lift the travel orders. That's... So a Chinese resident denied travel now files a complaint against Kenyon. And Wyman, Surgeon General, says um, the lawyer who would defend him is Coombs. So the guy who just threatened to put him in jail is now the guy the Surgeon General is going to hire to defend him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sounds perfect. So what are you going to argue? I'm not going to argue. Kenyon uh, is like, you can't, what? No, can I get another one? And he's like, no, just go talk to him. How are you? I find you guilty. You're my lawyer. Yeah, you're guilty. But yeah, I'm actually, I'm part of the suit, but you're representing me. I, yeah, yep. He goes to see his attorney. Uh, who just screams at him and it, tells him to plead guilty and that he'd be lucky to get a six month sentence. <laughs> uh, I just, I don't know. I think I might represent myself. <laughs> so McKinley uh, has now met with a very wealthy California Republican. And then he orders the Marine hospital service to revoke Kenyon's orders. Okay. So this is now, so now we're in just, the, yeah, and now we're in the part of the of the the pandemic, the whatever it is, where the politicians are overruling the scientists. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And Kenyon asks, uh, he he asks the Surgeon General, he's like, "Can I get a different lawyer?" And the Surgeon General's like, "I don't get what the problem is. This guy's fine. why he's a great lawyer. He just hates. <laughs> he hates. He wants to put me in jail. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. But he's your lawyer. So look." I would I, recommend you work with him, not against him, because you're already on real thin ice with him. I mean, he's he's pissed off. He's really pissed I, off. I'm trying to mm-hmm. save people's lives, 
and plague spread across the country. We're all a little sick and tired of the crazy people lives thing. I would recommend you work with your attorney, who's a fantastic attorney. He wants to put me in jail. Well, yeah, he should be in jail. He said it. Yeah, we all need him. Maybe you don't understand what's going on here. We want to put you in jail. Is it? Can I ask a question? Is it no. illegal to be smart in America? Is huh? it illegal to be smart? Over. Is it illegal to be smart? Underruled. <laughs> Let me ask you this. How many cheeseburgers yeah. you think I can fit in my mouth at once? What in the fuck is going on? I bet I can do seven. You got to pay me 150 bucks if I can do more. Aww. I might go to jail. Aww. Why are we talking Aww. about hamburgers? Uh, no, well, what are you I'm doing? making a seven. That. All right. Now, what are we talking about? (sighs) So uh, he also, the Surgeon General also said the samples that Kenyon has sent to DC are infected with the plague. (laughs) Right. So, <laughs> but they're like, nah, 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 nah. we're not doing that again, okay? But they've stripped all his power, so he can't He's do it. Not, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I really am hoping this guy puts plague into his head. Uh, I, I will. If this happens, I'll Seriously. jump out a window. So, before his trial happens, he's on a ferry and he sees the judge who's overseeing the trial, and he corners him and talks to him, making his case. And he is found guilty, but he gets no jail time. Okay. So now this is going on over the summer. And while this is all going on, people are still dying of the plague in Chinatown. Right. Kenyon is not allowed to publish victims' descriptions or issue plague updates. In August, a white young teamster dies of the plague. Mm-hmm. Papers do not report the first white victim of the plague. Are, 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 the, Paul, are the whites really believing that they can't get it fully? Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Just, it's amazing. It's because a, there's no history of white people having the plague. <laughs> like, it's so fucking dumb. It's, it's, like, it's, <laughs> it, it really is. It's, a, it's amazing to think. It, it just shows you, like, it is, like, marrow-deep racism. When you are like, yeah. it can't hurt us. We're white. Like you're not from and Krypton. It's, and the, and the group think uh, there's a, there's a group think that yeah. well I'm fine. There's definitely that. That going is on, right. That is yes. That is. Um. So the politicians do nothing. The board of health does nothing. And plague plague victims just keep dying in Chinatown. How many are we talking? A young. How many people are dying? <sighs> at this point? It's it's not a ton, but so it's like you know. We're, we're talking, you know, we're up, well, we're way up into the double digits now, okay, I think. Okay, okay. Like, I think we're pretty high up there. Okay. Um, a young white children's hospital nurse dies of the plague because a dying boy had vomited into her face. Oh, God almighty. Oh, my God. Jesus, there's... That, literally the worst way to go. Like, I would rather <laughs> just cut my head off. How'd like... she get it? A guy puked in her eyes. Oh. <laughs> Some guy plague heaved into her eyes. 
at me. I want to whisper something to you. Like, can you? I mean, the oh my god, how'd she get it? A kid puked in her mouth. She got <laughs> she got the bubonic puke. So that like it doesn't come up, but that kid clearly had the plague. Whatever. So yeah, the autopsy sure. shows. <laughs> so the autopsy autopsy shows she died of pneumatic plague, which is not. It's a it's a rare type. Okay. That spreads like the cold. So the hospital staff is now freaked out. Sure. And she puked into cover, me. They covered the morgue in oil because they're gonna burn the morgue down. Oh, so now white people are like <laughs> now, now what comes the white people solution? <laughs> Wherefore it's like, let's do this and this, and one white person dies and they're like, burn the fucker down. <laughs> It's just, I mean, like, yeah, look, you just, the idea that that you're letting the, I mean, the whites are at the helm is like, well, the captain's shit-faced and has Alzheimer's. <laughs> so right next door is a giant vat of inflammable chemicals. If they set it on fire, that's going to blow up. For some reason, they decide not to burn down the morgue. Wow. If they had tried, the entire hospital would have been blown Can up. we just take a minute to say what a surprising move it is to be like, wait, wait, <laughs> wait, 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 <laughs> hold on. I'm having, I'm, having a, I'm having a thought. We shouldn't do, like, it's like the sirens are going off. Like, I think maybe we don't do it. Huh? In a rare moment of white decision-making, let's not do the most catastrophic thing. Imagine you hear the mortician, you come into work the next day, and you're like, what in the fuck happened? So we covered covered it in in oil. oil. (laughs) Why? I don't know. Just, well, I don't want to get into it. But things are really bad. And you're lucky that we're white people. <laughs> so now I just so, work in um, oil? Yeah. So now, now the plague has changed, right? Because now white yeah. people are dying. Right. And um, Gage really, the governor really wants to get rid of Kenyon before people start listening to what he's saying. Um, a ship arrives that had a recent plague case on it. And passengers are separated by sex, and then they're inspected while they're nude because they want to look at their groins to see if they have. Passengers complain about this. Some vow they're never going to go to San Francisco again as long as Kenyon is still there. Oh wow! But he's getting all the blame for this. He was in Canada when this happened, right? So when he comes back, he finds out a city enraged at him. Right. He's like, I was in Canada. You looked at my penis. <laughs> you asshole. The head, the head of the Chamber of Commerce calls Kenyon a menace. The state Senate now introduces a bill to recall him to D.C. and ban him from life from the West Coast. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I mean, and if you're him, you're like, I'm not going to go there. Now, remember, there are more upset that people were inspected nude and yes. not by opposite sex. People right. were inspected nude than they are death of Chinese people. I wanted to die. The guy who wrote the bill 
banning to ban him from the West Coast, said his heart was, quote, black and malignant and that he deserved to be hung. It passed. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's just... Uh, Dave, I just... Yeah, I, I, I just... I guess I'm entering the kind of like giggle fest phase with my relationship with American history where now I am just like, I can't stay mad at you. You're just, <laughs> you're just, you're just, um, you're just slapstick the country. <laughs> you fucking lunatics. We well, really how about this? He can't go to the West Coast. I'll vote for that. <laughs> I'll vote for that. Hey, uh, a bunch of people's I, genitals are black and bulbous. Hey, quiet. This guy's not going to be able to go past Michigan anymore. <laughs> so, Gage uh, gives his uh, State of the Union, uh, State of the State, and good, um, really, right? a third, one-third of the entire address is about Kenyon. Wow. And called for anyone taking plague samples to be jailed for life. Wow. Wow. God, man, it's remarkable. And he wanted anyone publishing in San Francisco that the plague, uh, anybody publishing about the plague, to be arrested for a felony. I, I, the governor called scientists out of touch. <laughs> the guy? <laughs> Oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord. And he doubted their microscopes could see bacteria that people couldn't see with their naked eye. Oh, yes, Dave. I might. I think I'm going to start jerking off. I'm having so much fun. Dave, this is insane. <laughs> I mean, the idea that he's now like, he's like, I got microscopes in my crosshairs. It's like, I didn't. I mean, again, it's like, you cannot, you just can't predict. <laughs> there's no bottom. And when you think there's a bottom, it's just there's like a there's like a well under it. You're like, oh my god, it goes so I can't like the bottom this is the bottom. The bottom is one of those holes that if you took your keys and threw it down, you'd never hear a noise. Yeah. I mean, he's now saying, I believe my eyeballs are microscopes. How about that plague? How about that? <laughs> like taking like a little like taking like a little like cell and being like I don't see plague on that. Well, uh, to be honest, Governor Gage, your eyes aren't microscopes. Bullshit. <laughs> so, how's Kenyon doing? You ask. Well, Kenyon has now developed an ulcer. Uh, from what? What do you? What do you? What? Why? I don't know. What do you Being think? A baby. Was he drinking? He wrote a friend, quote, I had four breakdowns last year. But he still refuses to leave because he still wants to save people. Wow. He asked the Surgeon General to come and, and prove the plague was there because uh, he's been, quote, discredited, disgraced and discredited by all sides. Right. And the Surgeon General wrote back saying he had faith in Kenyon, but he's not going to say anything publicly. Right. Well, I mean, I, you know, why would he? It, like... It's not, you're not going, you can't beat the blob of stupid. It sucks yeah. all in its path. Until reality overwhelms yes. it. Yes. But in the, in the meantime, he's like, look, once, maybe, maybe 
everyone will freak out, and then I'll like, and then I'll write a tell-all, and I'll sell it. That's yeah. my plan. Yeah. So, um, a plague test. This, you know, they keep going. Uh, three in early 1901. One was a white guy found very far away from Chinatown, which led the Surgeon General to finally send doctors with plague experience. So now the first white person has died that's like far away and not in a hospital or something. And people are like, Ugh. so they actually send people out to help. Okay. The governor said he wouldn't trust these doctors and refused to let them use the University of California labs. Nice. But within two weeks, they found a plague case in Chinatown. A Chinese interpreter was there for the autopsy. And he noticed that they were very respectful and followed Chinese traditions, unlike the other doctors, right. the, wolf the wolf doctors. Right, yeah. And um, so he, seeing this, forms a little bit of trust, and he takes them to see the people who are being hidden with the plague in Chinatown. And the doctors then go meet with Governor Gage, and they tell him, the plague is entrenched in San Francisco. And he, the governor, then uh, accused the doctors of infecting those people and working with Kenyon. Dave, you said there's no hero in this story. I beg to differ, buddy. <laughs> We got him. We got him. We got our guy. <laughs> I mean, every reality. I think you're. I think the bubonic plague paid you. I think you. I think you made it. I think you made it in your little train when you came across the country. I think you're three bubonic plagues in a trench coat, pretending to be a doctor. <laughs> Prove you're not. <laughs> Gun to his head. Come on, bubonic plague, jump out of him. Uh. So, I just, this is just, so Gage goes to uh, San Francisco Papers uh, editors, right, and and the shipping companies, and um, together, they work together and put a blackout on any plague story. That's good. So, so that's, yeah, again, so uh, they, it doesn't exist. So they, they'd started being like, uh-oh, white people are dying, and he makes sure that that's not happening. Right. So, together, they write. Uh, an Associated Press dispatch, quote, there is not now, nor has there ever been, bubonic plague in California. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's just, it's great. I'm proud of us. <laughs> I'm impressed. I'm, I mean, imagine like writing that down, being like, that's a crazy pitch. So the governor forms a delegation. If anything, uh, who are the going... bubonic plague has California in it. <laughs> Bam. Bam. The plague is infected by California, gentlemen. I can't see it. My eyes are microscopes. So he puts together a delegation to go to D.C. to suppress the publication of those doctors' findings. So it's not only are like, they putting it, the kibosh on it in San Francisco, but also around the country. They're trying to really squash it. And it's almost like, at this point, it's like the person going to all this work to have the affair when it's like, just get divorced. Just, yeah. It's just a stressful nightmare to keep working around the edges of this. Like At some point, just like throw some effort in the direction of the problem instead of just like, we will do everything we can to not acknowledge the problem. But then it's not going to yeah. be solved. But no one will know there's something to solve. 
for now. <laughs> so uh, they get out there to D.C., and the Surgeon General shows them a report not only saying is the plague that the plague is in San Francisco, but also that it has been there for years and that it could easily spread to other major cities in the country, and San Francisco would be blamed. I'm starting to think someone here might be in cahoots with the plague. Your plague buddy? Are you, you a little plague buddy? You a little plague, plague pal? Plague? What huh? are you doing, huh? What, what are you a little, what the plague's plague little guys? Pals, you working out there? Huh? huh? You a little fear monger? Huh? So, so they, the, here's the thing they can't figure out, though. Wyman and, and, and Kenyon and... They can't figure out why the plague hasn't really blown up in San Francisco. Right. Like it's just simmering. Right. So the the this this delegate that the governor sent out to try to kibosh the story, they come back promising they're gonna disinfect Chinatown and find every plague victim. So the opposite happened to what he wanted. Okay. If they will do that if the report is never published. Wow. So, so okay. they say they're going to tackle the plague now. They just nobody if can nobody know says anything it. about it. Right? Okay. <laughs> I mean, kind of good, right? Uh, I mean, I mean, okay, it's we'll, a small victory. Yeah, I mean, we'll take it. Sure, we'll take it. We'll take it. So the Surgeon General agrees to that, but he knows Kenyon is not going to agree to that. So he transfers Kenyon to Detroit. Okay. Nice. Kenyon is devastated. As he left on May 7th, 1991, he said, quote, California was free to enjoy bubonic plague Wait, to what all year? its fruition. 1990, what year? 19- it's May 7th, 1991. 91? No, not 91. Sorry, sorry. Ni- 1901. Sorry. Okay, I, yeah. 91 right now. Oh, like, wow. ni- May 7th, 1901. <laughs> okay. Um, so the delegation comes back and the delegation does not clean up Chinatown. Hmm. Now, Dave, is that partially because it's a plague? <laughs> They also said they would not, uh, they also are not trying to find every victim. And uh, yeah, so that they had to go back on their word. Now, a guy named Joseph White is sent by the Surgeon General to replace Kenyon. And right after he gets there, he writes to the Surgeon General and he said he's overwhelmed and he doesn't know what he's doing. He's like, I don't, I have no idea how to do this job. Mm-hmm. So, so the Surgeon General sends another guy out. <laughs> That's exactly what we want. Uh, His name is Rupert Ballou. Uh, He's 33. He has traveled the world helping the sick. And as a guy who's traveled the world, he has maybe a different idea about cultures than the the guy who's just from D.C. or whatever. Yeah. So he tries to start making connections with people in Chinatown and gain their trust. And win people over. He's very good. Uh, he's a very good people person. Okay. Not what Kenyon was at all. No, right. right? Yeah. Kenyon was the opposite of a good people person. Right, yeah. Um, now, the guy that he had sent before, uh, White, is still there uh, and he's still in charge, but he now gives up and says nothing can be done about the plague and he, he leaves. So Blue gets his job. Wow. I love that. I love <laughs> my brother and I one time. We were driving into Amsterdam, and I had the directions, and I just couldn't figure it out. And I threw the directions, and I go, "I just don't know anymore." And he was like, "What? Well, no, that's not how this works." He's like, "I'm driving." I was like, "I was like, I guess we live in the car." He was like, "No, what?" 
So um, Blue noticed that the death rate in Chinatown has plummeted, which means bodies are being hidden. Right. That's all that means. Right. So he, uh, he starts a hearse service. Hmm. And then when the bodies are in the hearse, he can examine them. Okay. So he creates a business right, right. to figure out a way. Everyone's like, to, nobody's dead here. And he's like, free hearse? And they're like, there's 15. <laughs> here you go. So he's picking up the bodies and examining them. Don't you think, Dave, on at, a side note, that Hertz rental cars should start a hearse side business and call it Hearst? Oh, absolutely. Thank you. Keep going. Uh, at, a, he, at a brothel, Blue finds that three women have the plague. Uh, one of them lived... Wow. The person, uh, this is the first person to survive the plague in Chinatown that, that is known of. Now, the two dead women had sex with over 50 guys before their symptoms appeared. And, um, but yes. it doesn't spread that much. Hmm. What the fuck? So, Blue hires Chinese staff. This is the first time anyone's done this. Okay. Including an interpreter named Wong. And he paid him today what would be the equivalent of a thousand dollars a week. Okay. No other white doctor had done anything like this in Chinatown. Right. So Blue and Wong become close friends. And Wong starts to show Blue the patients who have the plague, trusting that they're not going to be quarantined. A patient named uh, Chan becomes the second to survive, and Blue's respectful treatment of him led to powerful men and leaders in Chinatown to come around to Blue. Okay. Um, He also had... Blue made sure that everyone working under him treated the Chinese people with respect. Okay. Which is obviously different than the pure racism under... Kenyon had just a racist regime. So this is the first guy that's like, why don't we treat him like people? What about, do you guys want to do that? (laughs) It's crazy enough to work. (laughs) What the fuck? I quit. Yeah. At one point, a a Chinatown paper praised Blue and his officers as, quote, very kind and gentle. Now, a white sailor and a Bavarian woman who had no connection at all to Chinatown come down with the plague. And Blue's trying to figure this out, and he notices there's a lot of rats in the areas where they were around a lot. Hmm. Now, the plague at this point was thought to come from dirt and grime and filth and bad air. No one knew how it, pa- the, how it passed from person to person, though. One not well-known scientist had said it was the fleas on rats, but not many had read his report. Very obscure report out mm-hmm. there. More people are dying in Chinatown, and Blue has no idea what to do about it. And then papers started attacking him personally. Of course. Um, his wife had left him because he was spending too much time dealing with this. Uh, they start writing about his divorce and he's like, I can't take it. I need a break. Wow. So the surgeon general sends him to Milwaukee. Boom. And after, after he leaves, the bodies start piling up faster. More people are dying. 
other states now are like, there's a lot of people dying for the plague, so they start quarantining goods from San Francisco. Okay. It, which is the hilarious thing, because the, the whole thing was, that's why they, that's why they got rid of Kenyon, right? Because they were worried about the goods. Right. But of course, eventually... Yeah, the, yeah it's... It's what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, again, you're making it. You're making it happen. Yes. (laughs) So, but it is. It's again. It's like, how do you get through the day? It's never like long. Yes. Long term behoovement. No long term. Never ever the thinking ever. How do I get to tomorrow unscathed? Yeah. So uh, other states are quarantining stuff in California. Um, Communication, sanitation, just fall apart after blue leaves. And now the Surgeon General is now begging for Blue to go back. They're like, he's like, you got to go back there. This is totally spiraling out of control. So he, he, was, out, he was out of San Francisco for 14 months. And he while he was just, gone. How much Broughton beer weight did he throw on while he was there? He was probably more just sort of like, <laughs> he, they're probably like, hey, Blue, we need you to come back. He's like, come back. What are you talking about? There's no way. <laughs> come on, guy, relax. Why don't you sit down, have a blast, take a load off? Okay, just I'm, chill I'm, out I'm a write, little bit. I'm writing, a, I'm writing a paper about sausages. Come on, here's the problem, okay? Here's the real plague. We're out of cheese curds. <laughs> Hell, we're going to get more. I don't think that's a plague, though. It's just out of something. Well, look, I guess it's all perception, but right now, as far as we're concerned for, like, hunger-wise, we're all suffering from a plague, okay? So, <laughs> you ever played Bardice? Sit on. <laughs> uh, so, fourteen months he's gone. Uh, while he was gone, the plague cases doubled. So he comes back and he pushes sanitation. He spread thousands of pounds of lime powder around. You know, uh, he orders cellars to be washed down with carbolic acid, lye. Um, and mercury bichloride. By the way, there's definitely going to be a paper that's like, Blue's back and he's spreading lie. <laughs> <laughs> he thinks, at this point, he thinks rats are the key to the plague, but he has right. no proof. So he starts going after the rats, getting rid of places they could live, like uh, rotting buildings, uh, tearing down the, all these wood balconies that are rotting, um, dirt floors, cesspools. An Italian immigrant named Pietro Spadafora, dies after picking up wood from a torn-down, rotted balcony in Chinatown. So people are they are tearing down these rotting right. you know, structures, right. and then people are bringing that home to use as firewood. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, so, so people maybe... So the job maybe wasn't fully explained to these people. <laughs> well, they... They wanted people to do that. They wanted people to get rid of the wood. They wanted to, to bring in. Like, oh, they it's did. all part of the plan. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, it's part oh, of the okay. plan. Like, okay. get, take the wood and burn it. Oh, dear. Now, when this guy dies, he lived in the, I think it's called the Latin Quarter, um, not anywhere near Chinatown. So Blue's like, it could have been the firewood. He, there could have been fleas on the firewood. So he has all that wood covered in lime now. One author, quote, it was through his continued focus on fleas that Blue left the racist philosophies of Kenyon and other Marine Hospital service officials fully behind. 
Kenyon, for all his laboratory brilliance, never let go of his racial bigotry and remained convinced until the end that the Chinese were the enemy that should be feared and distrusted. Mm-hmm. Blue, never the best student or natural leader, proved more willing to trust what he saw before him and follow it wherever he led. It's just amazing that at the end of it, you're like, the key was he wasn't racist. <laughs> really? Where'd they find Hold a guy like that? Wow, that's really nuts. So Blue now offers a bounty for dead rats. So this, he's asking people to bring him dead rats and paying great. them. <laughs> they, he would nail them, t- they would be nailed to a shingle outside his lab, autopsied, and then burned. Wow. So he sent his findings to the Surgeon General, but not the press, who he thought would just attack him. So he I now mean, knows, what, like, of course. based on what's happened, he's like, don't tell the press. Oh, uh, they'll anything. turn him into a rat in no time. Like, there'll be cartoons <laughs> of him as, like, a big rat man, like, like banging rats. <laughs> hey, everybody, want to eat off my rat fire? It's like... <laughs> <laughs> so... He noticed that the deaths come in waves, weeks without, and then there's death, right? Mm-hmm. And then an entire, uh, an entire Italian family died, and it was like, it's not, I'd say entire, I think it's like three or four people, and the whites fucking lose their mind. Right. Like, they're like, no, no, a family of whites. Mm-hmm. Now doctors for white people are calling blue about the vaccines. Okay. So now- Right, so a white family has died, so now all of a sudden whites want the vaccine. We've got to figure this out. And they admit, the doctors admit, that they had seen patients who had the plague but hadn't reported it because of the blowback that would happen. Right. Now nobody knows how many people have died of the plague. No clue. Right. Because now they're like, oh, it has been much wider spread than we thought. Right. It's it, just no one's been talking about it because they don't want to get yeah. a bunch of shit. Yeah, of course. Now, the death rate in San Francisco is lower after the rat, rat eradication. So they kill Eradication, a bunch of rats. The death rate, they called it. Go ahead. The, the, whole, the death rate of the, the whole city goes down. Yeah. Okay. Um, they, remo- they had gotten rid of hundreds uh, of I actually call that rats. the death rat. But sorry, keep going. I don't mean to keep jumping in. You're doing great. They've killed hundreds of thousands of rats. Six months goes by with no deaths. So it looks like like his thing of killing the rats has worked. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's something going on in Virginia, and the Surgeon General reassigns Blue to Virginia. Blue's very happy. He's like, I left the city in great shape, much better than when I found it. And then on April 18th, 1906, a massive earthquake hit San Francisco. Buildings fall over the place. Um, there's massive holes in the streets. Fires then burn everything that's left. It's a fucking disaster. A quarter million refugees are now living in the city's parks. Wow. Tourists would come to stare at the unfortunate people until the mayor begged them to not come if they didn't bring food or milk or baby clothes. Wow. That's He's like, stop gawking and fucking do something. Wow, their lives are horrendous. Get one with me. <laughs> <laughs> now sanitation is obviously a problem after this you know the city's been raised it's right. a fucking disaster 
and they call Blueback. And he gets there, and he sees just waves of rats. They're just eating rotting garbage. The ground is just covered in little holes Uh. where people are taking shits. Uh. So he immediately is Is like, we got to fix this situation. (laughs) (laughs) He immediately goes, we got to fix the situation. And the you know correct everything, and because of him, mass disease does not spread in San Francisco after the earthquake. Wow! And then he moves on again. But a year later, the plague comes back to San Francisco, and this time it's all over the city, except for one place, Chinatown. Hmm. At a hospital, a forty-six-year-old Irishman dies, and then a nurse dies, and then an intern. And health inspectors go in to look, and they find that the walls are literally heaving with rats. Mm -hmm. And this time, the city did not try and pretend everything was fine because white people are dying and it's an actual threat. Right. So it has to be taken seriously. And President Roosevelt sends 39-year-old Rupert Blue back on September 12th, 1907. And the plague is, like I said, everywhere except this one place, and that one place being Chinatown. Because there were far fewer rats in Chinatown because of what Blue had done previously. So this just increases his belief that the plague is not a disease that only afflicts uh, dirty, poor immigrants, non-whites, right? Right. Anyone near a rat can get it. And he starts, again, a new rat-catching campaign. He sends out teams of rat catchers. He tells uh, residents all of the city how to secure trash from rats and plug up rat holes. So he's got the whole city working on getting rid of these rats. The rat catchers are bringing thousands of dead rats, and Blue and his men are inspecting the rats. Um, They're always dizzy, the, the inspection men, from the chemicals they're using, and also they're getting regularly injected with vaccines. So they're just like wow. constantly suffering like to get through this. Right. People keep dying. Entire families are dying. Blue's like, we need more rat-catching people. So he makes, a, he makes a pamphlet called How to Catch Rats. But the plague is going on. They're, they're inspecting the rats, and they're finding the... The percentage of rats with the plague is 1.5%. And in history, a 2% infection rate is when the plague would really take off and explode in people. So it's just a tiny half a percentage. And spring is coming. And warm weather means rats come out more. They're out of their burrows. Also, rat rat banging. Yeah. A rat banging, yeah. Just a quick sidebar. A great band, and uh, not a, rats love to bang in the spring. No, oh my God, bang, bang time, yep. rat bang time. Yep. Um, that also means there's more fleas. So Blue calls a meeting with prominent citizens and residents. He's having these meetings. He's explaining the situation to you know people. President Roosevelt's great white fleet. It's because all the ships are painted white, not. <laughs> Not I was like waiting. Think this time. I was waiting. 
it's 16 white battleships and they're sailing around the world to come to San Francisco to help, you know, post earthquake. They're bringing money. Um, blue said, look, if this, if these ships show up and the fleet can't stop because we're a plague city, it's going to be the most embarrassing thing that ever happened to the city. It's going to be catastrophic. So now suddenly big, so now suddenly big business is like, well, we can't have that. Right. And now big business jumps in with the sanitation efforts and they, they spend a half a million to buy rat traps, thousands of pounds of cheese for bait. (laughs) That's adorable. (laughs) And they, and the businesses buy uh, just tons of rat catchers. Right. The rat, Dead bounty is increased. Newspapers now are gushing over how great Blue is. They just, yeah. Again, I mean, like you're they, saying, it's like it's, once it's economy, then they're like, hey, this guy's a hero. Right time, right place. <laughs> Blue keeps making speeches everywhere. People are listening. He's saying, keep food out of reach, seal your garbage pails, uh, kill every rat you can. He ends his speech with, quote, I intend to kill a rat or two myself tonight, and I want all of you to do the same. It is the noblest work you can do. And then people would just fucking cheer and scream. Ah. Lighters. Our heads are basically empty. Woo! (laughs) (laughs) The hordes of rats become fewer and fewer, and the streets are becoming cleaner and cleaner. What do you think the rat papers are saying? They're probably probably like, what the fuck is going on right now? Get the fuck out of town. Yeah. Uh, no new, no new plague cases for weeks. Uh, he had the slaughterhouses in, in the city condemned. Refugee, refugee camps have all lifted their wooden huts off the ground so people could chase the rats underneath them. Wow. Women campaign for increasing rat traps in schools and penny arcades and candy shops. Like they're like, save the children, get, stop the rats. Like it's all the kids can't get it. <laughs> they, they educate kid, uh, children on the importance of not playing with rats. <laughs> Man, what a time. God damn it! What a God time. damn it! What a time, huh? God, what a time. Oh. But that's what my son loves to do. <laughs> Man, that's great. Now, some papers do turn on blue. His chief bacteriologist kills himself after his son and wife dies. So papers start saying that all of Blue's men are unhinged and can't be trusted. Nice. They say the rat-catching campaign is meaningless and... They say that Blue blames rats because he has no one else to blame. Because they obviously want to bl- blame the Chinese. Right, right. They're like, please. Or uh, any immigrant. Can we go back to being racist, please? <laughs> yeah, this is not working this for me. A, it's been months. <sighs> but also, there's no plague, so they can now do their fucking bullshit thing of right. you know, going after people that help. So yeah. Blue points out there has not been a, not one case of plague for three months. And now the papers start saying that the city is too clean and they start mocking his obsession with sanitation. Oh my God. It's amazing. Oh my God. Like, oh, it's like, I just, 
This is why chat GBT will never be able to fully see. It's like you're not going to be able to throw that level of stupid in. This guy hates dirt. (laughs) Just too clean. Come on, man. We don't like it this clean. But the great white fleet now arrives and 15,000 sailors come ashore and after a few days, they leave, and not one of them gets the plague, right. which is what everyone wanted, right. right? So Blue is looking at the fleas on the rats, and it had been assumed that the oriental rat flea was the most prominent, but it turns out the northern European rat flea oh, was boy. actually the most prominent on the rats in San Francisco. Now, I'm not going to go into it because it's really gross, but it's because of how they feed. Uh, They vomit up their stomach contents, and the oriental flea, because of that, passes on the disease more. So the reason that San Francisco essentially got lucky and didn't spread it to other cities and it didn't blow up is just because there was a different kind of flea. Hmm. I think he still made it kind of gross, but that's cool. Yeah, but... um, so it was luck, essentially. Right. I mean, they did. It, that's why had it, it been the it opposite. Had up. it been the other version, it would have gone nuts. It, it would have exploded. Right. In October 1908, the last plague rat in San Francisco was found, and several weeks later, little Blue thing. and the poor Surgeon little critter. General, he was probably like, oh, "My poor friends, my life." I didn't know. I don't know what a plague is. I'm whittled. So several weeks later, Blue and the Surgeon General declare the city free from the plague, and Blue left. They had a formal banquet uh, thrown in his honor. The theme was, San Francisco is so clean, a meal can be eaten off its streets. But come on, don't do that, really. Gar- guess ate ice cream uh, mousetraps served with uh, fake rat heads. I seriously thought you were going to say they were going to eat ice cream off the street. I was like, don't do that. <laughs> and we'll be eating spaghetti off the ground. Okay. <laughs> They sipped cocktails out of garbage can glasses. Oh, my God, you assholes. Okay. <laughs> he was praised as the savior of the city. Sure. And it, was, it had been nine years since the plague's first victim died, and at least 190 died, but probably a lot more. When the Surgeon General died a few years later, and, uh, and President Taft chose Rupert Blue to be Surgeon General. Hmm. Um, about 12 people get the plague every year in the U.S. Uh, it's, it's, it's definitely, you hear about it in, in California, like rural um, squirrels and stuff. But we have antibiotics to treat it. But some researchers fear the plague will become resistant, leaving us once again no way to stop another bubonic plague. Well, that's a great ending. Um, thanks. Really great research. Thanks for the end. Um, uh, really great research on this by Brittany Cohen-Brown. Uh, the sources were Plague Man. Death at the Golden Gate, The Race to Save America from the Bubonic Plague by David K. Randall, The Barbary Plague, The Black Death in Victoria, San Francisco by Marilyn Chase, and Rats, Observations on the History and Habitat of the City's Most Unwanted Have Inhabitants by Robert Sullivan. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's not talk about uh, anything else. Let's end the show. Uh, there's no applicability to... <laughs> All right, buddy. Um, we have, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think what else. Uh, is there anything else to say? Um, no, it's. Uh, so we are, yeah. we are right now in our 
current history. What? Um, yeah, where are current we? Timeline. We are right when Governor Gage is giving his speech that is a the state of the state, a third about how uh, Kenyan is bad. So we're at my eyes thing. are microscopes. Essentially, yeah, I think we are. Yeah, that's it's, a uh, bad. It's very wild. It's very wild to read because I, you know, go you go and look at it, and the two sides, um, and then the people in the so there's two sides. There's people that are like the COVID doesn't do anything, and then there's the other people that are like no, it's really fucking bad. And the the only thing I can say for sure is that the people who say it's bad just keep showing the deaths, and the deaths are really bad. The excess deaths, it's watching people not care about other people especially in America we just take it to we take it to fucking 5000 like we go full bore we don't care about other people and it's it, it you can keep pretending but eventually if you look at the statistics you're going to be like um why are we not doing anything when, when do you- the worst thing of all that just came out was a poll came out in Washington State. 50% of nurses want to leave the business, are planning to leave the business because it's unsustainable. So we can all pretend like it's not happening, but we're going to lose teachers yeah. and we're going to lose yeah. nurses. We're losing so many yeah. that eventually your society is like, burp, burp. like, you, how do you, like, that's what I ask people. So, how do you think if you're going to say it's over? What's going to happen to the teachers? What's going to happen to the people who keep getting sick? They're not going to want to keep keep getting sick. So how do you want to deal with it? You want to ignore it? Okay. Okay, ignore it. But at the end of the day, it doesn't work. So you just tell me how it works. Well, gobble, gobble, y'all. Gobble, gobble.